0: Hey there, welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real-life issues, and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So, as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions, and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions, and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church.
1: that might be new to some of I want to teach you a little part because I'm going to actually really need help singing this. Um, so the chorus of this song says, glory, glory in the highest. So will you sing that with me? There we go. Glory, glory in the highest. Nice. And then right that part, I need some of you to sing, Christ is born, oh Christ is born, so you sing that with me, here we go, ready, Christ is born, Christ is born, oh Christ is born, so if we put them together, it'll sound like, glory, glory in the highest, Christ
2: is born, oh Christ is born.
1: is born, oh Christ is born. Nice job, I can hear you guys, you sound great. So, that is the chorus of this song, and it's in your lyric sheets, The song is called Glory. So, please sing along with us this morning. Oh, and yes, so it's it's a little out of order, so if you'll flip through, you'll find it. It's um, where it says Communion. We're actually going to sing that song now, so that song is called Glory. So, please sing with us. Jesus 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 hope and joy
2: in the baby boy come to love and come
1: like whatever you want to sing. Let's keep singing this together. Jesus, Jesus, fragile child. Yeah. We're going to continue in worshiping this morning and um, sing the song that is in your lyric sheets called, Oh Come All You Unfaithful. Um, and I pray that this song is um, kind of a different take on the oh Come All You Faithful, right? Um, sometimes we don't feel faithful um, or stable, and um, this song is for, for us in that way and in those times when we aren't feeling. So I pray that you would sing this with us. seated.
3: Good morning, everyone, Good morning. and welcome to Urban Village Church West, River Forest United Methodist Church. We are so glad you're here this morning. Um, I had a hectic morning, so I'm just gonna ask you, and I'm sure we all have in this season, to take a deep breath with me. So if everybody could take one deep breath in. And just let it out heavily we can all hear it <sighs> okay so we are a church that exists to create jesus loving inclusive communities that ignite the city and beyond Woo! and we do that by staying true to our three core principles which are to be bold inclusive and relevant and bold in that we are rooted in the gospel of jesus we truly believe that love is the ultimate reality Inclusive in that everyone is welcome here, um, no matter what you believe, who you love, um, whether you're excited about the potluck because you love leftovers or you would never touch a leftover in your life, you're welcome here. And relevant in that we believe it's important to live out our faith Monday through Saturday as well as on Sundays. Um, And I've been thinking about that with this holiday season, I think, to be relevant There's this um, article I love to read every Christmas. It's a New York Times article titled, Want to Get in the Christmas Spirit, Face Darkness. And I think, you know, we can't enter this season without being honest about the darkness and the the poly crises going on in our world today. And when we first moved to Oak Park, I was like blown away by the um, Halloween decorations. And I was like, this is incredible. They're everywhere. I can't wait to see what Christmas is like. And then Christmas decorations are very muted. And at first I was kind of like disappointed by that. I was like, oh, and I have come to just love that, right? We have this like celebration and then we have this chance to go like, this is the quiet time. This is a, a time to embrace the darkness. So I'm just going to read you a little bit from that article that I love. Every year I like to read it. Um, it talks, It's talking about how in the church calendar, Every period of celebration is first preceded by a time of preparation. And the liturgical season of Advent is a way to prepare our hearts and minds and souls for Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth, that lights come into the darkness, and as the Gospel of John says, the darkness could not overcome it. But Advent bids us first to pause and look with complete honesty at that darkness. To practice Advent is to lean into an almost cosmic ache, Our deep, wordless desire for things to be made right and the incompleteness we find in the meantime. We dwell in a world still wracked with conflict, violence, suffering, darkness. Advent holds space for our grief, and it reminds us that all of us, in one way or another, are not only wounded by the evil in the world, but are also wielders of it, contributing our own moments of unkindness or impatience or selfishness. For most Americans, she goes on and says, Christmas has become a frenzy of activities and kind of shopping deals. Even among the most observant Christians, the holiday season has often been flattened into a sentimental call to warm religious feelings. Still, she says, I think Advent offers wisdom to the wider world. It reminds us that joy is trivialized if we do not first intentionally acknowledge the pain and wreckage of the world. So as we lean into joy today, I just want a reminder first that we openly embrace, you know, the darkness that, that prepares us for this season. So with that really exciting um, ending, <laughs> we're going to talk about a couple announcements. If you have your tear-off sheet, you can tear off the perforated part now while everybody does it together as I talk about some of our big ones. The first one is there is a potluck today afterward in the fellowship hall it doesn't matter if you brought anything please come join us over in the fellowship hall to eat immediately afterward also um on december 24th so christmas eve next weekend there are two services there is a morning service here at ten thirty, and there is an evening service at 7. if you come to both christian will be your best friend so Um, There is no worship here on December 31st. So New Year's Eve, it's an all-UVC site worship at Wicker Park. um, And that's such a lovely community. So if you haven't been out there yet, please go join them. And um, then Soul Friends is another thing we're starting in January, where if you're in UVC and you want, like, a partner, there's going to be an eight-week thing where they match you up with someone else from UVC to kind of um, meet weekly and do life together and work through questions comments the deep darkness the ache and all of that so you can sign up for that also they should all be on your pamphlet so now christian is going to come up we're going to do our advent candle lighting thank you
4: i'm going to invite straw family to come forward at this time As as they come up, uh, we will be responding to their reading, and uh, you can prepare, I think it's in your insert, but also it's number 196 in your handles, so you can get ready to respond.
5: When God's people are surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, Isaiah proclaimed, the Spirit of Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Do you remember how say that? And that's from Isaiah chapter 61, uh, verses 1 through 3a.
0: We come today as people who are also surrounded by suffering and grief, and yet the Spirit hovers among us, tending and anointing, inspiring freedom where there is captivity, declaring blessings in places the world has cursed, and igniting fierce joy where mourning and heartache prevail.
5: We wait as people who experience hardship and pain, yet we are called to witness to the persistent joy that sustains our life as God's people.
6: We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope, just peace, and fierce joy. May our lives shine with the fierce, tenacious joy of the light who lives in our hearts as we wait and work for the coming of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
1: We're going to respond and sing um, the first two verses of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
4: So, we take time in our worship now to pass the peace of Christ uh, with one another. If there are any, uh, our children are upstairs now practicing. If there are any children who want to go up and join in the chorus, they're welcome to do so. Always happy to have you here in our worship as well. And so, this is an ancient tradition where we say hello to one another and pass the peace. Uh, Pay attention to name tags green means a handshake, side hug, or cool. Yellow, ask how they're feeling today. Red means a hand wave or peace sign. Once again, welcome to our online folks. Uh, Share your favorite peace emoji at this time. So let us pass the peace of Christ with one another. transition in our worship now where we hear God's word in our midst, Uh, and so we're grateful that Helen is going to be uh, reading a passage from Luke 2.
6: Morning. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, where we see a wide range of emotions when the angel bring good news of great joy. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger.
4: So I consider my, uh, uh, I don't know, for those who don't know, I'm Christian Kuhn. I'm the pastor here at uh, this community. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. It is great to have you here with us. And then once again, thanks to our online folks for joining us today. Um, I consider kind of my pastoral uh, anniversary, uh, how long I've been a pastor, uh, happens around Advent. So Advent of 1997 is when I started at Riverside United Methodist Church, not too far from here. So I've been in the ministry now 26 years. Uh, and so usually Advent, in addition to thinking about the Advent season and all that reflection, I kind of think about my own ministry and all of the things that have gone into it. One of the things, of course, that uh, pastors do uh, is weddings. And so as I was thinking about weddings this week, I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about joy, and that made me think about a wedding. So I've done several weddings o- over the years, and I know that when I am up front, and I usually say a few words, not a lot of words, but a few words uh, whenever the couple is in front of me, and the look on their faces is pretty consistent. It's often kind of wide-eyed, like, what is going on right now? Uh, and then also, you can, there's a, a smidge of discomfort because they're wearing uh, clothes that aren't necessarily the comfiest of clothes. Uh, and so all of this is going on and they're looking at me uh, and I'm looking at them and I'm wondering to myself, I going to remember even two words of what I'm about to say. And I, I'm not surprised that they probably don't because there's so much going on on that day, so much celebration, everything else. And that's fine. I realize my role on that day is get a married and then get out of there and then let the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom and the groom uh, have their day. So, however. Back in 2005, I officiated a wedding of a couple named Erica and Andy. And so, uh, as I was uh, working with them and talking to them, and they had chosen one of the psalms uh, for their main text that, uh, that day, and that psalm that they chose had a lot to do with joy. And so, as we were reflecting on it and we were talking about it, and when I was getting to know them a little bit too, and the whole theme of making room for joy, being intentional about joy, came to mind for me, so I was asking them, you know, sometimes when a couple come together and they have to make room for one another, uh, both emotionally, of course, but also there's stuff involved, Uh, and so I asked them, like, what does your partner have to make room for as you come together, and Andy said, well, I've got a lot of um, instruments and all my hockey stuff, so Erica probably will have to make room for that. Uh, And then when I asked uh, Erica, what will Andy have to make room for, and she kind of uh, laughed and said, well, my friends say I have something called Shoe Mountain, Uh, (laughs) and so uh, Andy may have to make room for that. And then also she said, sometimes my friends say that I have Mount St. Laundry uh, in my home as well, so perhaps he may have to make room for that as well. But I talked about in my sermon that day about making room for joy. Being intentional in this union to have room for joy every single day. So I said my thing, and then afterward, they both, like, oh, thank you so much for uh, being with us. That was so meaningful. And again, I, I hear that a lot because everybody's happy, you know, that day. And so they often will say, you do a great job, even if I may not have done a great job. But they say it anyway. So that's great. So I left that day. Uh, And then I got a Christmas card from them that following Christmas, and joy was a theme of their uh, Christmas card. I thought, oh, they kind of made this been a part. And so over the years, they kind of said, we remember that make room for joy has been something for us. And in fact, their first child, a daughter, they named Joy. So they literally uh, made room for joy in that. So that phrase has stuck with me and I certainly think about Erica and Andy, too. What does it mean for us to make room, to be intentional about making joy part of one's daily life? Well, as I was thinking about joy this week, I kept wondering, what exactly does joy mean? If I were to ask all of you, it's like, what are some words that come to mind or uh, we had our staff meeting this past Tuesday and our Hyde Park Woodlawn pastor, Pamela, asked each of us to share What brings you joy? Uh, And so today, when I asked that for those of you who were here right at uh, 1030, and I heard uh, heard food, I heard music, I heard family, I heard church from somebody, a really upstanding Christian. uh, And so all of these things uh, bring joy. And then in our staff meeting on Tuesday, we said many of the same things. We talked about what brings you joy in the season. There's music and Food, moments of quiet decorating the tree. Any other things from the season? What brings you joy? Anyone want to name anything else that we're forgetting, perhaps?
7: Children. Children. Giving.
4: Giving. Quality times. What would you say, Nicole? Quality times. Quality <laughs> times. Yeah. Music. Music. Absolutely. All of these things give us. Joy, which makes sense. But then I came across a really fascinating article this week by, I don't know if you, anyone has read the novelist Zadie Smith before, but she wrote this article about joy. And she talked about joy, but also before that, she talked about what she said was pleasure. And so she defined pleasure or, as, as wonderful things that happened to me. That's how she defined pleasure. And she listed many of the same kinds of things that we just listed here, she loves to people watch, and so she, one thing that gives her pleasure is really just kind of watching people and seeing the, the lines on their faces, and all of this, that brings her deep uh, pleasure, and all she went through and named all kinds of food that gives her pleasure. But then she talked about joy, which she doesn't necessarily equate with pleasure. And she said this about joy, and as this, she's talking about joy and her daughter. She said, occasionally, our daughter, too, is a pleasure— though mostly she is a joy, which means in fact she gives us not much pleasure at all, but rather a strange admixture of terror, pain and delight, which I have come to recognize as joy and now must find some way to live with daily. I thought that was so interesting as she was defining joy I think if I asked you, what's the equation for joy? What are the things that build up for joy? I doubt if many of you would have said, terror plus pain plus delight equals joy. (laughs) But I think that's a really interesting mixture of things. And actually, as I was thinking about it, it also is, you might argue, biblical. How can terror and pain be part of the equation that gives us joy? Well, let's take a look at our passage today. So in the first part of it, verse 9, that Helen read for us, it said, Then an angel of the Lord, this is a passage we know so well, so we may forget part of it, or it doesn't have the impact, that an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were Terrified. terrified. Which is really interesting when you think about it, because sometimes, perhaps in our... For those of us who are Christians and even part of a church, like when we think about all of this, the glory of the Lord, we would say awe ah, or praise or thanksgiving. Terror. Think about things that make you terrified. So we see this as the first thing in our passage today. So that's one thing. What's part of the equation here is terror? Pain. Where do we find pain? Well, we have to back up a little bit. Verse 6, we didn't read that today, but verse 6, again, we probably know the verse, the verse very well. It says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Now, I have not had direct experience of giving birth myself. I have been present at two births, uh, and I have heard stories of people who have given birth, and uh, pain probably is one of the things that's part of that process. Giving birth is painful. Physically, emotionally, perhaps spiritually, all of these different things. So, terror and pain. I hate to break it to some people, but my hunch is that Mary experienced pain in delivering as well. These two things, verse 6 and verse 9, these two things come before verse 10. And that's where we read, the angels said to them, do not be afraid. For see... I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. And then later on, we see delight. Verse 19, it says, Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. So the equation is here in this passage that we know so well pain, perhaps, of giving birth, the terror of this angelic presence in their midst, and then the delight of seeing these strangers come and visit, and Mary pondering all of these things, and the shepherds glorifying God and telling others what they had seen. Terror plus pain plus delight equals joy. And how do we then make room? How are we intentional about having joy be part of our daily lives. Edie Smith says we, she finds some way to live with joy daily. There's another uh, writer named uh, Maria Inahosa, a Mexican-American uh, uh, journalist who said that joy should not be a luxury, but instead, how can we make sure that we are giving it the attention and the part of our lives every single day? How do we make room for joy? Joy. How have you made room for joy during this season? We might think, as Allie so well noted, with so much going on in our lives, terror, yes. Pain, absolutely. Delight, we might not put that into the equation, but it is necessary, I think, for us to receive the joy that God gives to us. So as we answered the question that uh, Pastor Pamela asked the staff of us, One of the first things that came to mind is, again, with that joy on my mind, that definition of joy, I thought about one of the things that gives me joy. And for me, as we do our decorating in our home, we have a few, some of you may have nativity sets or crush sets in your home, and we have a few of those. And so uh, I do as well, or we do as well. And perhaps one of my favorites, or my favorite is one that was uh, given to me uh, by my dad more than 20 years ago, but actually this crash set is 55 years old. So I think I've talked a little bit about my parents uh, before. They were both very young uh, when they had me. They were eight. My mom was 18. My dad was 20 when they got married. My dad was a student in college. Uh, I was born uh, not long after that, uh, and so they were 19 and 21 uh, when I came into the world. So I've tried my best to imagine what that must have been like for this very young couple, newly married, a newborn son, my dad a college student, and they were literally living in a trailer. I uh, often kind of joke with my parents about that, and they always tell me, it was a nice trailer. <laughs> so I tried to imagine what that must have been like, the, the loneliness, perhaps, that my mom, who grew up in southeast Iowa, now was living in northeast Iowa, really didn't know many people. My dad is a student working in a meatpacking company to try to earn some money. And so my dad gave me this crush set. In fact, I brought up a few pieces of them with me today. And along with the crush set, he also wrote a letter to explain the origins of this crush set. And in that letter, he said, I purchased this crush set either the Christmas before you were born or after. I can't quite remember but he bought it at the campus bookstore. He said, even though it didn't cost much, we really couldn't afford it. It wasn't a necessity, such as food or clothing, but in a sense, it represented something very necessary. He wrote me, my faith at that time was a mixture of positive thinking, hard work, and perseverance. And I had a sense that in the midst of whatever came our way, God would be present. Having the nativity scene in the house reinforced that sense of God's presence. Years later, my parents divorced in 1991. And so my dad, one of the things that he took with him was this nativity scene. And so he continued to write. And he went, he's a second career United Methodist pastor, so he went to seminary in the early 90s. And he said he remembers that first Christmas season after the divorce, It was difficult bringing this nativity out, but I felt God's presence after I set it up. And then 10 years after that, when our daughter was born, he felt this would be a good time, perhaps, to pass this nativity set on to you. I hope it will continue to sustain you, my dad wrote, and our family for a long time. I am sure the day will come when you see it right to pass it on to your children. Until then, enjoy it with your children. Family, so every single year, these little figurines I get out every year, and I think about terror, the terror of a young couple with a new baby, a new marriage, a new place, not sure what the heck is going on with our lives. I think about pain, the pain of divorce, the pain of brokenness. And the reminder that God is with you, but then also the delight that I receive whenever I get these figurines out and set them up as a reminder of God's presence in our midst. So during this season, making room for joy for me is being intentional. And every single day, as I go past that crush, I'm reminded of the terror and the pain and the delight. And I' reminded that joy is part. Of that as well. How can we all make room for joy? How can we sit with the pain that we all experience in our own lives, the brokenness perhaps of our health or relationships or whatever it is? How can we live with and sit with the terror of wondering what's going on in our world, of thinking that's something that you have to face in, a, in your personal life or perhaps at work or something that just keeps you up at night? But then also thinking of the delight that comes with being part of God's creation and bringing all of these things together and saying, Lord, you give me joy every single day. Friends, let us make room for that kind of joy every single day, because I think God enters into our lives in just that way. Joy is not a luxury. Joy isn't a daily necessity. May we make room for it in our own lives. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the amazing ways that you come into our lives, the surprising ways that you come to us and give us this great news that you are Emmanuel, you are with us, you come to us in the flesh, you come to us helpless, vulnerable, and yet you still come. Help us with all of the feelings that we have in our day-to-day lives, the things that scare us, the things that hurt us, and the things that delight us. Help us to bring all of these together so that we might experience joy and see you in those ways every single day. And all of us who pray in Jesus' name, amen. We believe this is good news that we hear and experience whenever we gather together. And so uh, one way to respond uh, to that news is by giving of our lives in a moment, we're going to be... Uh, passing uh, plates up and down the rows. And so as we do, uh, earlier you tore off that little uh, sheet of paper. If you could put that uh, in the pews, uh, that would be great, whether you come every week or whether today is your first time. Or you can also scan the QR code that's on the front of the bulletin. Uh, today's your first time here. Feel no compulsion to give financially. Your guests were thrilled that you're here. If this is your church home, we invite you to think about giving financially, either in the plate or online. Uh, you can do that at urbanvillagechurch.org give. And so, we're also asking folks to think about uh, pledging for the next year. And so, if that's something uh, that's stirring within you, that would be a wonderful gift to us as well. Let us bring our gifts. We are in a season of eating, a season where we will, after worship today, gather together. I saw all of the folks signing up to bring a dessert or a side, and we've got uh, other goodies as well, and I'm looking forward to spending that time with you at table. It is at table that we share stories. It is at table, perhaps sometimes, that we are at our most vulnerable, and it is at table that we gather here every Sunday as well. And so when we do, we first give thanks as Jesus gave thanks. And so we remember and are grateful for the things that God does for us in our lives, perhaps the things that we overlook or take for granted, the breath that we inhaled as Allie led us this morning, the friends and family who's always there for us, the touch of a friend who places their hand on your shoulder who gives you a hug even on the gray days that seem to never end we can perhaps see signs of grace and we give thanks for all of these things Jesus gave thanks when he gathered with his friends and he took bread and gave thanks to God and said this is my body this is my body broken for you take eat in remembrance of me When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We give thanks to God. We remember the presence of Christ. We also call upon the Holy Spirit to be present here in this place and so we lift up our own prayers. So whatever is on your heart, whether it be a prayer for healing, for yourself or for a loved one, we remember all of those in our midst, those who are living with cancer and undergoing treatments for cancer, we remember Bob and Leah and Cindy and Kari and others in our midst. We lift up prayers for peace in our world, the things that weigh on us heavily, and yet we continue to cry out asking for ceasefire in the Middle East, in Gaza. We cry out and ask that the guns would be taken away from our streets. We pray for peace in Ukraine and in other parts of the world as well. We cry out and continue to pray for peace. We ask for joy that we might experience that in our lives. We ask for forgiveness, recognizing that we sometimes too falter, stray, do not love as God has called us to love, and so we ask for grace and forgiveness. Whatever is stirring in your hearts, we lift up our prayers individually now, and then we join our voices in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let us pray. God, we lift up all of these prayers to you and ask for your healing we ask for peace we pray for joy we ask for grace and forgiveness and we ask that your spirit come upon us and in these gifts of bread and cup may they be for us the body and blood of christ that we may be for the world the presence of christ who taught us to pray this day and always our father our mother who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For as the kingdom and the power and the glory yours now and forever. Amen. I invite Shannon and David to come forward at this time. And as they come forward, uh, a reminder uh, how we gather together as community. So there'll be three of us up front. One will be holding a basket with uh, gluten-free wafers uh, and juice. One will be holding some bread, and we'll give you a piece of the bread. And one will be holding a cup that has grape juice in it. At that time, you're welcome to take one of those, or to take both if you want. Some people have been known to take both, and that's cool. And then at that time, you can either return to your seat for a time of prayer and reflection. You are welcome to light a candle. Uh, We have two stations for you Uh, to do that. Maybe you're remembering someone, a loved one today. Maybe you want to be inspired. You want to be a light of the world. And so maybe that candle represents that. Or maybe you light a candle to remember that the light of Christ is in our midst. If you want, you can feel free to take a look at, we've got two little crush sets up here. Maybe that is a moment for you just to pause and reflect on God's presence in your life. And friends, know this is an open table. So all are truly welcome. Welcome. All are truly welcome here, no matter where you come from, what your tradition is, what you believe, what you doubt, you are welcome here in this space. Our online folks, if you'd like to get your own piece of bread or bagel or whatever it is and some juice, you're welcome to join in this with us. Because there is one loaf, we who are one body partake of the one loaf. The bread which you break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which you give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, the table is ready, come and eat.
2: His place He left
4: Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery, for the ways that we are nourished by your presence through this bread and cup, but also we are nourished by community and those who surround us. Strengthen us, nourish us for our journey ahead, that we might go and be your joy so that others would know of the joy that you give. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are uh, thrilled to have... Our children uh, participating today, and Beatrice, I think, is going to explain a little bit about what we're going to see. and for
5: the to the shepherds, from the spare man to the skeletons, and everything in between. Long ago, on the first Christmas, all creation earnestly shared their gifts with baby Jesus, just as we all get to prepare for Jesus by sharing our gifts
3: today.
7: By some good spell, we're pleased to offer a
5: gift to Emmanuel. The good spell has a sense of a magical event in which the animals were engaged in the mystery. Now let us all engage in the mystery, and moreover, in the joy of the mystery.
1: Um, please sing with us, and this is in your hymnal 246. Oh, we have another speaker. I'm so sorry.
5: Please sing with us. As we make a joyful noise. Here
1: we go. Here
2: we go. Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Let earth every heart prepare Him and let it meet to sing, and let it meet to sing.
1: the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the
2: curse is
4: Huge thank you to Holly Katz for helping to round all of these folks together and doing that for us. Friends, the celebration is only beginning. Let us continue to spread our joy. Please join us for potluck today. Whether you brought something or not, we are going to have more than enough. And so I hope you will join us right down the hall uh, and join us for that time together. Until then, friends, May peace of God, the hope of Christ, the joy of the Holy Spirit go with you now, this day and always. Amen.